Hi there. Thank you for downloading, listening to, and watching the Lean Into Artcast. This is a show where a couple of visual storytellers get together and take a walk around various topics that tend to cross your path. When you decide to go on this endeavor of communicating with images, we think hard about this stuff, so you will too. My name is Jersey Drozd. I'm a cartoonist and teaching artist, and the other host is named. Hi, I'm Rob Stenzinger. I'm a user experience designer. I create interactive things, and I teach about that stuff too. Good to see you again, Rob. Um, Good to see you, Jersey. It's a holiday week in the United States, um, Thanksgiving holiday, and uh, I hope everybody in this unusual time is finding a way to celebrate it in a meaningful way. Um, we're also, you know, we talk a lot about the show about like the autumn is creative challenge season often for many of us, but now we're entering into the end of the year sort of reflection, evaluation, thinking, hmm. reflecting, planning season. And so you came up with a pretty interesting approach to get us started in that direction today, Rob. And it was, it was from a, a sort of a visceral uh, sort of statement. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, so yeah, when, where the heck do we get the time to, to create stuff? And I think that also, like some of the context that that, you know, uh, stands on is that um, okay, this is a year of, you know, a, a pandemic. Uh, lots of uh, important social unrest is happening, uh, political things, what have you. Um, the pandemic has a pile of rippling effects as far as, um, you know, roles and life situations and circumstances. Um, and then on top of all that, then, you know, me personally, I've had have some other factors going on as far as uh, health of folks in my household and all that. So I have been in that in a situation. And honestly, we we got a cat and that that also, for some reason that that variable is way more chaos than I really <laughs> naively thought. And uh, yeah. But among that chaos, and, and uh, adapting um, you know, professional commitments, life, all this stuff, you know, living together, helping the kids do their, do their school thing, helping the kids still be healthy kids, trying to give them experiences among this, this, this year is not trivial. And, um, yeah. So as I'm, I'm, I, I, you know, taking on that role of doing a lot of the, the household stuff and, uh, still having professional commitments and all that, in all this context, it's been a puzzle. It's been one of those things where I could have a really productive week. I could have and productive in that, like, I really do obvious. I care about, and all the other hats I wear in, in my day, um, I appreciate and love, and I'm very fortunate. And I still want, and am driven to, uh, create and keep moving stuff forward in my, um, in my portfolio career. Right. Right. And, but, you know, that, that desire can be, um, uh, it can be tough. It can feel like, well, there is so much chaos and I know I want to get better at, you know, making the right things happen. Also, when the heck do they happen? So like that leads to a lot of, um, for me, I did a lot of, um, analysis and contemplation. I just made, made a creative project of that. And, and so that's part of what I'm, you know, bringing to this conversation besides the inherent um you know 
explosive desire to create things. <laughs> the the enthusiasm in the energy and the um, ferocity of commitment is for I think for both of us an easy thing to get to. That it mm-hmm. than it is to like actually like strategically and tactically employ it right. That part takes a little bit more cognitive effort. So it feels like we're at the point where we can now head into the first part of the show. <laughs> that's the all right. This is a good rip. That's just the headbanging rip. Like, <laughs> the music indicating we're in the first part of the show. Um, so. Yeah, you want to talk about like juggling the projects and finding the capacities and how do we do that? How do we approach this in our own systemic ways? How do we try to make systems around this? Well, I think so part of it to me is is acknowledging so, so much of the well, acknowledging the context. It's okay to have a problem with it all and it's okay like for me I really believe in in I try to be as much of a a wholehearted, holistic thinker about stuff where uh, my gut leads me to things, my, um, but it doesn't, doesn't leave my, my, my analytical brain behind. I try to stay together with that. And so my analytical brain knows that um, maybe I don't see things clearly enough. And, and um, like for me, I knew, I knew I needed to put some time into um, uh, really embrace the intentionality of like you mentioned the, the goal planning season and all that stuff, but it's like, I can know where I want to go. I can feel uh, a lot of meaning to that, but then is that I want to feel like I'm making good on that as a promise. And like, I'm going to p- make progress somehow. And, and that's where, um, I, I think about like, uh, capacity. I think about commitment, right. And what, kinds of scenarios can I craft that and that not like uh, of the working scenarios to, you know, build toward those, you know, desired, the the goals, like how, like, what do I want to see come out of this portfolio career? Um, So uh, like for me, I'm trying to, I I want to make interactive experiences and I am, I do. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm teaching via, you know, workshops and podcasts and articles, you know, been making that happen. Um, and then, you know, a bit of uh, freelance UX coaching and mentoring sprinkled in there. Portfolio career, everybody, right? Um, <laughs> you know, welcome to uh, more more than one hat times many. Uh, and let's see. And then I also know that in my goals, in my own review and feedback, that um, I, f- I feel... Um, capable, accomplished, practiced at the, at the making aspect of things and even making meaningful things that I, that, that are, that can connect with people and be helpful um, and, and or fun. But then those things are more than just the made thing. And I, I know that my projects see greater success. They, they, I connect with more people and all that stuff. Uh, when, um, <laughs> Well, it's one of those things where someone else is funding a project and it's like really well-rounded. Um, like when I was working at a, well, digital agency or large, any, you know, corporate situation, you have these other departments that you don't have to wear their hats. They just come along, but you can see their effect, right? Where um, projects do well when you have marketing and merchandising and uh, uh, they're, they're, they're set up 
to do better in meeting their potential and promise. And, and um, so I know that that part of my planning has to, you know, embrace now and keep embracing these, the idea of including that is just part of the project. So um, that's, and, and I've, I've been like some of my approach to the marketing mer merchandising is trying to create those in, in a way that uh, frame it where it's like, Hey, I get to do another creative project, you know, and, mm -hmm. and uh, find exciting connections to get into um, wearing those hats more and better. So anyway, that's like the, the, the strategic context that I'm working for. It's like you, you know, break down like the, the setting yourself up on a general path to go toward those, you know, like specific um, places in your, in your career. It's kind of, I mean, goals fit in there, uh, but it's almost like the goals help, you know, clarify and get more specific with how you're going to bring about a strategy. Mm. Um, so what do you think of this stuff? Well, what I, what I like, what I'm, what I'm hearing in there, Rob, and you can, you know, help me elaborate on this idea if I'm getting anywhere with it is that you're pointing to the many hats. And I think sometimes with this metaphor of wearing many hats can sound like they're very um, disparate disciplines. Uh, and they can be, they can be, but, Ideally, they should feed into one another and inform one another, right? Like, so when you talk about marketing, um, marketing isn't content creation. Marketing is evaluating what content you've got that's worth talking about, right? And talking about it, mm. right? Um, so it's, in order to market something, you have to know what you're making. And, and so like, there's a, sort of like, a, how do these, how do you have four things here that you listed, like making interactive experiences, teaching via workshops. Well, workshops are interactive experiences uh, as well as, you know, in, in games are interactive experiences, right? Uh, freelance UX coaching and mentoring. Well, that's an interactive experience too. They're, they're finding the interrelatedness between all these things and then finding like what's the common ideas. So like those, that reflection goes into how you market the thing too, I imagine, right? But at the same time, you named four things. Let's say you've got 20 hours a week to give to this. Let's just pretend for a second. How do you divide yeah. that up, right? <laughs> Who gets the most money? Who gets the, mo the biggest budget? Or does it get this distributed equally, right? And, and in a big organization, each of these different departments, as it were, would have dedicated teams who they just think about nothing but that for the, the budgeted time they've got. Now this is you sort of working with your inner committee of saying like, okay, look, UX coaching and mentoring team, I know you're excited about this, but you're out of you're out of time budget. I have to give something to making interactive experiences team. Oh, okay, now it's time to give something to the marketing team and you have to manage that all yourself. So there's also like an emotional cost in navigating all this as well, right? Oh yeah, certainly. <laughs> yeah. So um yeah. I I I mean I I think that's a you make a good uh you know interwoven point there of how <laughs> this that's all I mean. <laughs> it's all like my points it's all like my podcast <laughs> interweave everything but yeah yeah it's it's i i just wanted to underline what i what i heard in your speech was how like in your head you're seeing the connection between these various things they're not four silos that you have to somehow okay well i'm blocking out these times and 
So what's interesting is that no matter what, they're not so funny. You use that word silo. Um, it's uh, that's something I've been journaling about recently, and, and is, uh, it's is, an is, un, unpublished Polytechnicast. Is, is that um, a buzzword that we need to retire in 2020? Uh, no, but it's a it's one of those uh, metaphors of um, like a. It can be really useful and nurturing and helpful to have groupings of people of of like capabilities and disciplines, right? So those different departments are really, um, they that can that can be great because someone who finds a lot of meeting and bringing you know that that specific service to to do stuff, hanging out with other people other people who do that kind of thing, you can. Um, it's almost like you get to practice together and, and, and get more capable over time as you all dig deeper and, and, and continue your path along that discipline. But then, you know, putting it to use. And I think it becomes more silo like when, when that's the, 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 it lives in its own um, truth that isn't integrated into like, well, the overall goals and project and the collective stuff, right? So siloed is like protected off. And I think in a way I, I could say that like I, habitually my natural motivation and stuff as an independent creator is to live in a making silo. I want to make products all the time that where I engage in a thoughtful design process and all that stuff. And that's my, that's my jam. At some point when I, as I grow my business to do more delegation, I think a, a pretty natural thing for me would be to, like enjoy the heck out of collaborating with folks who fo who focus more on marketing and merchandising. Right. But yeah. you know, here I am, I need to wear those hats. So yeah. Uh, what I'm trying to do if in, in some ways with this is to break down my uh, siloed approach for um, uh, product development. Mm. Um, I want to get to this idea of your def definition of capacity, but um, if you don't mind, I'd like to throw in my, portfolio of commitments and we consider both yeah. of them when we talk about capacity. So, uh, so I, the things I'm juggling all the time now is I am the interim director of a comics festival. Um, I, so that means like all year long, I am in some way working on cartoon crossroads Columbus. Um, I'm a teaching artist and I'm teaching on i'm just wrapping up a eight-week workshop series right now starting in january we can talk about this maybe in the second half of the show i'm going to be doing a residency at a uh, elementary school for i think seven to ten weeks i have to look at my calendar again so like that's a big part of my life and then also like hustling this other thing that i do called cartooning which got me involved in this whole teaching thing and uh festival direction thing in the first place right and uh amongst those commitments oh and like when you said the word marketing, I was like blasted. If I don't add that to my list, I need to dedicate a couple hours a week to also continue to send out signals to the world of my avail availability and my skills so that I can keep the gigs coming. Right. Um, so, and then of, of those responsibilities, like I was trying to, in, in, or those commitments, I was trying to imagine like, okay, well, well, what shape do those commitments have in terms of how I budget my time? and and how i where i put these different tasks and then like there's there's things that are like very immediate and when i say immediate like not like imminent i mean immediate in the sense that it's at this time and this, that's non-negotiable i scheduled it right and that's like in the form of workshops doing this project called lean into art podcasting um and things like meetings for the organizations that i work for 
Uh, and then there's like like long-term bookings and tasks. And that's things like, okay, there's a deadline on this project that's like eight weeks away, right? And I, I've got, you know, 70 hours budgeted that I get to allocate over that, that time period to make sure this thing happens. So it's like a little bit more flexible, a little less non-negotiable, right? So I've got these certain, these certain very, I would call earthbender tasks, which is like, they're very rigid and unmoving. And then I've got very airbendery tasks where it's like, they can move around. They can swoosh around the, the rock columns that are popping out of the ground saying like four to six, you're doing this. So. That's so awesome. <laughs> like, okay. So the, the characteristics of the tasks is, is an interesting way, like the, the, you know, getting into the task tactics of, of making this stuff happen. Uh, that's pretty cool. Um, what a, what a neat way to, to set yourself up because there, there's something about the nature of, of the different tasks that lets them sort of, you know, shuffle together well or harmoniously versus not. Uh, and I really like your framing of the sort of, um, there's, there are, let's see, there's a timeline of things that, that like caring a lot about different portions of the timeline of, of sort of what do you, what do you have going that that's out the door soon, the immediate stuff. And then what do you have going, uh, that you want to, to develop that comes after, um, that sort of ongoing, well, uh, general strategy of your business hat to wear, uh, to, to just maintain the flow of like, well, what's important to, you know, like you, you know, you can't just think about what you need to make happen now. Um, you need to think about well, what's meaningful to do, uh, to help set you up to succeed later on. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. that doesn't happen by itself. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I, in, in, I think in the old days of like the art and story podcast, I would have called that like being in hunter mode, like hunter gatherer mode. Like you're basically, okay. you always have to be hunting for more potential gigs, but that suggests that that's something where there's like a dedicated space to do that. And no, it's actually something where, um, and this is where like when I, when you, again, I respond to that word marketing. So I'm like, that's something I should be doing a little bit more proactively, but like developing something to happen in, say like I'm working out, you know, gigs for next spring and summer now, right? There's some time in my day, and this is actually coming to like, like bite me in the butt, like when I'm not paying close attention to my calendar and I book a, a gig, you know, a year in advance, like that's not uncommon for me now. It's like book a job 12 months ahead. And then I'm like, that's future Jersey's problem. I put it on the schedule, it's on my calendar and I'll set a reminder a week ahead. And then that week comes, I'm like, uh-oh, I had other standing commitments that were recurring at this time and I didn't think about the schedule conflict 12 months ago, right? So something where I, I think I also need to implement like a three month look ahead as well as a week look ahead, right? And a year look ahead. It is like those different, um, yeah, those, th those different ways of, of, of looking at, you know, where you want to go and then not being caught by surprise and stuff. That's incredibly useful. And that, like figuring out a good rhythm that works for you. Um, I mean, to me, this is like, where does this stuff come from? Where, well, if you, if you invest in uh, doing some kind of planning process, could be your yearly goals. It could be something you, you did 10 years ago, but somehow you have a feedback loop that keeps you connected to it, to it. And that lets you do just enough steering and um, deciding how you're going to, you know, allocate your time. Uh, that's, that's where the, um, 
let's see, you know, the word capacity and commitment uh, come in for me, which is um, my, let's see, uh, like, sounds like you liked how I captured this in the notes. So capacity is, is what I think of as, is a, it's a really, really big th- concept um, because you think about just your ability to act, your ability to, um, to have time, attention, skill, your collective will to and material to accomplish something. So it's, it's a combination of, of opportunity and ability to act. And it's this ongoing evolving ball that is, uh, I think, you know, useful to tune into. And, and in some ways was a huge motivating thing for me this year to be like, my capacity has been thrown off. <laughs> uh, what I normally expect for me to be able to accomplish, it's the rhythm is very different. I still can get to the finish line, but, but how I get there and when, wow, things are totally different now. Um, so would you mind if I, if I did something that I do in my classes just for people who maybe like, like heard what you said, but like, didn't, it didn't fully click or land yet. Yeah. Capacity. That that was kind of a big one. Yeah. Um, So like, so you're talking about capacity. Yeah. Capacity is composed of multiple elements that have all have their own variables to them. So like when you say time, it's like, do you have two hours? Do you have one hour? Right. Attention. What do you mean by attention? So the the focus um the uh applied uh the i guess the 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 potential to apply my my focus and mm. and then and different tasks require different kinds of attention right um, yeah there there true. there oh, are like you mentioned earth earth earthy tasks versus air tasks like that's yeah. that's pretty neat as a distinction Right. Um, well, and, and even with like, there are certain parts of making comics that I can talk while I'm doing it. Like if I'm inking, I can talk with you while I ink. I can't talk with you while I'm thumbnailing. It requires a completely different kind of focus and attention. Um, there are things I could do socially. I can draw while Ann and I watch Sven but I can't write while Ann and I watch Sven Right. So attention, I think, is not only has a certain, certain like volume level or intensity bar, but different tasks require different kinds of attention, right? Well, and you may have a bucket of, of um, different commitments that require different kinds of attention and they may have conflict among themselves. So like you could use this framework of, of like, well, um, you know, I know a lot of, a lot of folks with, you know, you have a day job and you may think, well, how do I describe to my, um, you know, the person I'm reporting to, the that this there's a lot of conflict in what i'm being asked to do right so uh, maybe maybe i do you do need to do a lot of writing but you're sitting in a um like a in a in an environment where people are constantly interrupting you and it's and that's that's a different service it's and it's like well maybe it's for great reasons it could be for mentoring it could be for uh reference and knowledge it could be for be for a bunch of good reasons mm-hmm. but then you need to essentially you're saying like me as and my my capacity needs to be thoughtfully deployed toward something intentionally and this is something that you're you know you're whoever you report to you can work out together right yeah. and in this case who you report to happens to be you know yourself right. or and 
but it really, this is a useful framing. I've, I have literally written stuff to, um, to help, um, uh, bring a team of managers who all had, um, you know, varying amounts of expectation for asking me to do things. <laughs> and I was like, we have to, we have to come into something harmonious here. We need to make this work out. And I've, I've used this framework in that context. Oh, wow. So, this is, this is so, test, the tested language. Um, yeah. Time, attention. So the next um, one is skill. The next skill, piece of yeah. capacity is skill. So what do you mean by skill and what has it got to do with like how you allocate it to different tasks? Uh, yes, there's some useful heuristics you come across as far as far as um, just describing phenomena and stuff like that. Like skill is this interesting phenomena of like you could be um, early in learning something or you could be later in learning something and have it where it's really reflexive or you could be even further on where you're where I mean, you can you can go past the patterns and stuff. So there's a, a Dreyfus model of skill acquisition um, is one way to just frame this idea of there are people at different paths. You are on different or, or places on a path toward being a novice or an expert. And then what does that mean for you? Uh, if you're asked to do something that you're not an expert in, you might be still super excited to do it, but like the, your capacity to accomplish it is different than someone who is, um, a, like a, a, an expert just in the skill dimension alone. Dreyfus spelled D-R-E-Y-F-U-S for people who want to look it up. We can link to it in the show notes. But yeah. So yeah. So depending on what, what skill level you have, right. So this is something that, um, again, when it comes to like, say dividing out all of our tasks, um, festival direction is I have a different skill set in that than I do as a cartoonist. There are things that are that about cartooning that I feel are relatively speaking just um, effortless. They require time, but there's very little struggle in terms of the skill. Whereas with festival direction, it's like I've only been I've been doing that for about what a third as long as I've been drawing comics, right? So like my skills are not as I, I'm good at it. But I'm, I don't feel, I, there's a, a lot of leveling up that I have to do for the job, right? So like there's the, it costs more in terms of skill acquisition while I'm also doing the job um, to help define that. Okay, let's define collective will. What does that mean? So collective will to me means like my, my desire to, to make this happen and my uh, sort of budget for that. It's the, uh, what, what do they call it? Another, another metaphor from, um, uh, like behavioral economics and user experience borrows from, but is, uh, your, um, oh, it's your, oh my gosh, it's escaping me. Your, your will. Uh, it's like if you, oh my God, I can't believe I'm ego depletion, Oh, ego depletion. And, uh, so if you are sort of spent, that's one thing. If you really want to make something happen and you can overcome being spent, that's, that's just within yourself, right? But then collectively, do people around you want you to do this? Mm. So then you're, you're, you could really believe in something and try to, and then their, their desire may not be um, 
sort of intentional and explicit and like a thing they're actually trying to work against you, it could be incidental. It can be just a conflict and, you know, you're, you're in a situation where let, let's say you're taking care of your family and you want to also like finish, um, you know, a couple video games, a couple workshops, this kind of thing. And the collective will is different as far as, um, you know, uh, you know, people, people need time and love and attention and, 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 uh, uh, you know, play and, uh, you know, food and what have you. Right. So the collective will in that context is not really, uh, helping mm-hmm. <laughs> to get toward that specific goal. Right. Right. Um, or you could be in a work environment where people are just like, you just, just not into what you're doing and, or you could have like multiple people you report to and, and it's, they're, they're not, you know, they don't, they don't all agree. And so now you're being tugged in different directions and stuff. So the collective will is another dimension of capacity. And the last one you listed, like if it's, if think if that's there and, and, and giving you, it's almost like wind in your sails kind of thing. It's like you, things are going to flow easier if the collective will is, is fitting well with your path. And that's a good way of putting it. It's different than permission, right? It's not permission. It's, um, Acknowledging the fact that we exist in a society and we work with groups, uh, even if we're not working directly with groups, we exist. We, we don't exist independently of other people. And the, the, the contact we have with other people is going to inform the energy that, that adds up to our capacity. Um, you know, how, how we're managing our relationships with people is going to add up to what capacity we have. Um, and also acknowledging that, like, it's not only on us to manage things. There's things where we have to say, that's yours. <laughs> you can have that. <laughs> to a point. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. But the last one you Very... listed was material. So I wonder if you could just briefly d- describe what you mean by material. Uh, this is to me, a pl- this is a placeholder for the, I don't like, sometimes I don't like a word. Right. And so I didn't want to say resources because all of a sudden it's, 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 it's not specific enough it, to me. Mm-hmm. It, um, where, where, um, it needs to be general a little bit because the material to accomplish something could be physical equipment. Um, it could be, uh, you know, rooms and availability booking and logistics. It could be, um, <laughs> an actual team backing you up to, to make a thing happen. It could like the material is what, uh, what makes like those, those factors of that are, that are more about ideas and agreement and intentionality. Um, it's the other sort of more physical real world thing, right. That's out. That's that, like the, the material in the world. Cause time is an, the other one where it's like, is, is a very tangible one in, in it, you know, it's like you can, you can measure the time and I think you can measure the material that, that is required to uh, get something done through your, your capacity. You could have, um, I would say, uh, you know, think about someone who is a, um, an investor and, you know, they're, they're looking like where, where can they apply the material? It's almost like they're, they're, um, you know, that's like, what could, would someone provide you in order to be able to, or what do you need to provide yourself in order to be able to, um, have the capacity you need to get what you want to get done. 
I, I know you, you, it wasn't your intention to spend this much time on that, but I really feel like that definition has so much utility in it and breaking it into those sort of subcategories really helps create sort of a map of how to think about and navigate, you know, finding more capacity and optimizing your capacity, right? And, and it, or at the very least, understanding where the friction points might be and where you're not finding that capacity, right? Um, and that's, that, that I, I really appreciate that because in some, sometimes um, this comes from trying to find, uh, like I created that list and made it, uh, I made it what, it what it was so others could participate in, in, a, in constructively exploring a scenario where I was getting pulled in too many directions. <laughs> and uh, so how could you explore a scenario? Well, you can, you, the, as, you can characterize elements of it and the relationships among those elements. And that's a really powerful tool. So it's a, it's, you know, and you may find yourself in that situation where you would need to come up with your own definition of capacity, but at the same time, yeah, this, I'm glad to hear that this one seems like a, a useful, useful start. Yeah. And uh, well, and it also, it lets us own the problem without making us the um, only point of failure. Right. Um, that, that, that I like that too. So I think that has a lot of utility in that it, it's recognizing the fact that this is something that we as creative people have to manage. It's, it's part of the problem we've taken on when we decide that we like to do creative endeavors. Um, but it's also acknowledging that it's more complex than just you just putting button seat and doing the work, right? It's not that simple. Um, I like that a lot. You know, like I, I remember ages ago, like, you know, hearing people at like talks uh, at like colleges and things, they'd be like, well, you just find the time. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's tough. Suffering it's a... is an oven that you can, you know, bake many things inside where you could <laughs> sit there with like your a, a due date and, you know, just sweat your way through, <laughs> you, know, you know, crossing a finish line. But, uh, but this is where I, this is what I mean when, when it's like, you can, uh, include more aspects of your cognition for problem solving. And I think it's your gut, your gut and your analytical, you know, brain can, can hang out and have great fun together. You know, just got to give them some time to play Yeah, and come up with things that, that help both sides out. The other image as opposed to, yeah. Because I do to, think a lot for a lot of folks, it's not inherently appealing to start thinking through stuff through like this. No, and, maybe not. But so that can be from lack of context or lack of practice or 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 who knows prior bad experience. That's totally true, understandable. Too. Totally, and, where it, yeah. it can feel way more comfortable and like like good advice to some folks to say, get your butt in the seat, put in the work, and that's hiding a crap ton of detail. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's like the image that comes to mind whenever I think about this is like in any kind of um, adventure story where you have a villain who has underlings who are trying to point out the complexity of the problem to the villain. And the villain says, just fix it. You know, they yell at the underling. And by saying just fix it, they've left open the opportunity for their own failure because they refuse to acknowledge the complexity of the problem that the underling is pointing out to them, you know. And it's like, it's like <laughs> I don't, I don't want to be that kind of boss to me. Right. It's like, just fix it, Jersey. Just fix it. Right. Well, no, we're going to have that conversation between gut and 
analytical mind. Okay, so um, I feel like we're at a good point to take a break. Uh, where do you want to go next, Rob? Because we got a lot of stuff we could, a lot of directions we could go. Where do you think we should go in the second half? Because the the fullness of the conversation is go is to go from, in a way, like we describe the need of of saying like, well, we got to make sense of this, and part of the making sense of it is getting in touch with the strategy and like figuring out like what can you get done or you know in. And, uh, and like, you know, what kind of things are the, are, are meaningful and, and how they fit together. But then there's getting to the tactics of, well, you know, making use of, of this planning and, uh, on the ground stuff. So, um, I think, let me, let's continue through where we are currently in the notes and, and, okay. uh, um, see where we land, where we land might be, uh, we need a part two. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. So, uh, and. Mark Nelson is in the chat and threw in, uh, it is fascinating and, and inspiring when I discover that many of my favorite artists are teachers as well. There seems to be a beautiful yet frenetic synergy with creating and instructing. I often wish we could be like Data, I'm guessing from Star Trek TNG, and require no sleep. That would be wonderful. Uh, but at the same time, you know, it's like, I, I think there's something beautiful to the limits to our capacity because it makes us realize that there's like an optimum version of ourselves and protecting that optimum version of ourselves means that the, 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 the points when we do get to connect with our creative work and with our other kinds of work that we do in terms of teaching and so on means that people get such a refined version of us that it's, it's like, it's like there's, there's something beautiful in the rarity of that too, right? The rarity of that point of contact. So, um, mm. Anyway, I mean, I guess, yeah. Uh, yeah, I like that. I, I, I think that that, uh, in a way, that's that's a great framing or, or a, like a, a, poet, a poetic way to describe this whole situation where this is, this is assuming, you know, maybe others who would want to hear this conversation also don't have, you know, infinite capacity or what have you. Um, or if you have so much capacity, but where it's going isn't, where you would expect or want or stuff. This, these, this is a modeling and approach to, to, um, you know, find a way to make sure that, uh, on occasion, your optimal self meets the purposeful things that you want to make happen. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we'll take a break for about a minute and a half. And we're going to thank some people who make the show possible. And we're going to come back and we're going to talk about like, okay, where's the time available to do these things? Before we talk about that, though, I want to thank some folks who support us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Leonard is the website. What is it? It's a way for you to give us a monthly upvote. If you believe in Rob and Jersey and what we do, you can support us for as little as a dollar a month. You can also do a one-time contribution and then, you know, avail yourself of the behind-the-scenes content and then check out. But I want to thank five people who have been supporting us on a regular, ongoing basis. So, first up. Robert Clemens Jr. Thank you, Robert. It means a lot to us. You can find Robert on Twitter at xhunterko, the letter xhunterko. And these will all be linked in the show notes, by the way. And JS Taskus. Thank you, JS. You can find JS Taskus on Twitter at JS Taskus. And Dave Say. Thank you, Dave. It means a lot to us. Dave Say is the creator of the Emergent Task Planner, which I'm probably going to talk about in this episode. Uh, you can find Dave on Twitter at Dave Say. 
and Dado. Thank you, Dado. It means a lot to us. Dado said some very nice things about me recently on Twitter uh, to Clip Studio Paint, and I appreciate it. You can find Dado on Twitter at Dadotronic. And Spencer Hallam. Thank you, Spencer. And you can join them all at patreon.com slash lean into art where you will find you will find all the shows we make as well as the extra leans the shows record monthly only for people to support us on patreon those posts become an open mic thread we can talk about whatever you want in a safe space with fellow leaners also get you access to the patreon only section of the lean into art discord channels or discord server patreon.com slash lean into art thank you so much to everybody who supports us there it means a lot to us sure does thank you all right, so I'm going to play another music to get us to the second part of the show. Here we go. One, two, three. It's in the lyrics. Yeah. It's in the lyrics. So mm. <laughs> yeah, we, we believe in this unironically, everybody. I was, I, was, I, I, I get, oh my God, that, that kind of dynamic. Uh, I, it gives me a chill and chokes me up and you know brings a tear to my eye on uh, all at the same time. Yeah, same yeah, here. It's, uh, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> so, uh, okay, what do you think about? Okay, we could we could talk about uh, commitments a little bit mm-hmm. uh, as far as you know framing that up, and then maybe looking at uh, where do we um, look at our own schedule and, and think about finding the time to do okay. these things. I'll follow, I let let you lead the the trail. I will follow, Rob. I'm I'm curious where you want. <laughs> I'll respond to what well, you, you. Go ahead. There's a. I think there's a pair of words that that I um, that that make that make you know. So capacity is it was one of you know something that I really appreciate you putting a um, a spotlight on that. Um, you know, so you your time, attention, uh, skill, collective will, and material. Okay, that's capacity. But then commitment is um, is is making that potential um, into something, right? So that's uh, that's so a commitment is how I like to think about how I distribute my capacity. Mm. And so you could talk about capacity in a way like if you're maintaining boundaries on a project or what have you, or you could look at your own capacity for like, well, what could I? you know, what am I ready to do this, this year? And I've got, I'm doing goal planning and, and let capacity inform some of that. Um, but then commitment is like, well, where does the capacity go to, you know, and why? Uh, so I think of it as how do I distribute my capacity to be of service to an audience, which, you know, can be also clients or collaborators as well. Mm -hmm. So, that, um, you know, and that's where, like we talked about in, in the first half, where we each have um, a portfolio of professional commitments. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you can look at like, well, okay, am I set up well here? Like, so if this is my capacity, these are my commitments. So what is, you know, what, what's the, what, what might be sending me a signal of, uh-oh, and uh time to focus in more and um yeah so what do you think about that so far uh that sounds good to me so like how do you, i mean how do you find the the uh-ohs like the, the 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 uh distribution of commitment that doesn't match what your ability or intention intentions were 
Well, think about how this year was playing out, like how I described. And um, I'm like, um, pick, like I told a little bit of the story um, about why uh, the latest release of Guitar Fretter, a game I make that you can check it out, go to guitarfretter.com. It'll bring you a page to it's different uh, uh, places to get it. It's all about learning a, making a a playful experience out of learning the, the note positions on a guitar fretboard. And I did a big update this year and got more planned, but that update I thought was going to take me about four days. It took four weeks. And that's for a variety of reasons that were, um, you know, some of those were related to um, platform and, and technical debt type things. Technical debt is when there's sort of something that you, you know, probably should have fixed or, or, or did better the first time, but you kind of left it. (laughs) So I had a few of those things to fix. But the other thing I didn't really focus on in that story was um, part of my capacity had changed so much that I wasn't like estimating the, I can think, so I was wrong on the effort because of the tech debt, but I was wrong on the duration aspect of the estimate, right? So estimating like how much, when can you get it done would be the, the duration and the effort would be how much would it take of your time to to get it done over that time frame, so, um, so I big time both 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 and the uh oh for me was like um, you know I really need to dig into this more about uh, like my time I like I don't even understand my time right now, <laughs> and so what I did it's like one way to one approach to to do that and I'm not someone who invented this or what have you, you can just do an inventory of, of 24 hours and just be like, overall, where the heck do the hours go? And so um, start with whatever hour works for you. Some of those are going to be sleep. Some of those are going to, you know, be, I don't know, right? So it could be, you know, uh, commuting or, or uh, you know, uh, meals, stuff like that. But then somewhere in there will be hours that, you do have time to put toward your, your projects. You can use this time inventory for lots of things. This is a, a very focused version of that time inventory to try to be um, uh, problem solving and, and you know, through gather some d- data to analyze, to get some insight on, okay, what do I have available for time? Um, and so, um, let's see, doot, doot, doot. I could, um, I think I could switch to my desk cam to just show a visual example of this. Okay. All right. Let's see. Go ahead and go to the desk cam. All right. I don't need this because I have good old fashioned paper. Um, so this was the summary where I, where I landed. I couldn't have landed on that without doing these. So I just have um, three columns, time, activities, and then the work time. This is what I'm hunting for is the work time. So I started at midnight and and then ended up on, you know, 11 p.m. And so this is a, uh, this is like what will happen typically on Mondays, Monday to Wednesdays. And so I'm just putting down what would 
what would be a typical thing that I do based on how this last week has, has gone. Right. Mm -hmm. Or you could just do this one day at a time. Um, so just, you know, literally the, the three columns, time of day, activity, time of day activities, and then the work time. So for me, I was realizing that there are some certain hours of the day where I'm, I'm juggling, you know, um, home and family support, but I do have some time for, for, um, for moving my professional commitments forward. And, and I, I did some estimating more reasonable, more realistic, but yeah, just seeing this is where the, where I can expect to have time. And then just, you do that for, well, seven days, and then you can figure out, well, what does it add up to? Mm -hmm. And so this is, um, and even then because of estimating and like estimate is always something you want to triangulate a lot on because um, wishful thinking and a desire to like, so, so even this is like, this is where I'm currently at, just where I'm at in my life, 2020, um, late November, what have you, um, is so I have about 5.5 hours a day, max work time. Max is a word to like really, you know, be cautious, right? Because that probably means it's an over-optimistic estimate. <laughs> uh -huh. But yeah, so here you go. And so this is my, you know, time capacity for, um, which honestly, now I'm thinking about this since we took that, 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 uh, that detailed tour of the capacity idea mm -hmm. is I probably could come up with a better spreadsheet to help with um, like whittling and shaping these numbers. Oh right? yeah. So yeah, that's food for thought for a future exercise. Um, so here you go. I've, I've this, then with these, with that capacity, I think about the different things that I end up doing. Like um, I do mentoring and, you know, coaching and then um, there's all, there's extra little errands for the kiddos and stuff like that. Um, and then it's like, okay, in my strategic framework of, well, you know, making merchandising and marketing, um, I have a capacity of about that much, but then the rest of my strategic framework of networking, nurturing, and strategic strategy and planning one to two hours. So this is what it all, this is a breakdown. So now I have a more reasonable idea. That's, that was the goal, the goal to say like, what happened? And this helped me figure out, ah, okay. I think I have a better idea what happened. Mm -hmm. That is an interesting approach to, uh, because I was thinking how, well, I'm already doing this in my ETP in that I do a weekly review of where did all my time go in that week. And I have like a, I have like clearly marked, I use color to indicate the different tasks and different kind of tasks. So I can like very swiftly assess like, okay, that was a day where I was doing a lot of personal work. This is a day where I was doing a lot of freelance work. This is a day I was doing a lot of advocacy festival work. Um, but, uh, breaking it down to like all the stuff that I'm not, that I'm doing outside of work. Right. Like, so like my work time will be like anywhere between like nine to seven on any given day, but it shifts, it shifts like that. That's not to say that I'm working 9am to 7pm, but I'm saying that that's the range of hours that I'm usually have allocated for doing work projects. Um, but like, what am I doing in the evening after dinner? Like, are, are there places where I could, not desperately fill every crack and crevice, but just to get a better assessment of what's available to me. Right. And this is where your overall life context, lifestyle, what have you, this is not a prescription. This is not saying like, I mean, 
So yeah, checking out the video, you could see that I essentially have, I have a day shift and I have a night shift mm -hmm. and that's where I'm at right now. Yeah. Yeah. And I know that I'm not alone there, but I'm also not saying the, um, I, so I found a way to shape that where it's reasonable for me. Right. And it's, it's working for now. It is not, uh, also, if you look at the amount of hours, I'm, I'm, I'm doing my best to, um, to keep this kind. And, uh, that's, uh, that's really important. This is not about being severe and, uh, you know, right. just right. squeeze every drop out of, out of everything because uh, I don't find that as a sustainable approach. And if I can continue on that idea of, of about severity, severity can look like a lot of different things. It can be not just filling up all the gaps. It could be that it's like, okay, I'm going to have Monday and Wednesday are going to be my, my crunch, crunching days where I just put back to back to back stuff. I fill the days up to capacity. So then I can have some easier days in between. Well, I messed around with that. And then I found that I had so much less capacity the next day. It was almost like I had to recover from a full day of doing back to back to back like really intense stuff. So like that was when I developed this approach where it's like, okay, well I can have two things every day that are earth bending, you know, rigid things that have no flexibility and that's it. No more than that. If I have more than that, then it tends to be too intense of a day and I can't weave all the air bending uh, tasks around those things. So, mm. and, and I need to oscillate me personally. I need to oscillate between the two of those for my, own sense of um wholeness and to show up really optimized for everything else uh for for both kinds of tasks that is so wild um that's uh what did i i had I, there's a framing i that is not quite the same as that but it was there's a uh oh like okay so i thought of this idea of split focus time and full focus time mm. And that I wonder if that's like similarish enough or equivalentish, where uh, split focus time it's like that's more like airbending. Uh, there's flexibility, smaller bite sized stuff, yeah. uh, fits in between, not a high cost to spin up or set down, right. um, and then like uh, like full full focused time would be this stuff is harder to pick up and put down. Yeah, um, and if I try to treat it like I'm not going to be that effective. Right. Right. Yeah. That, that, is, that is very similar to the, how, how I'm thinking about it. Like with that, with that image I conjured, I'm thinking about like showing up to a festival meeting requires a hundred percent of my attention there. I'm employing a lot of the, there's a, there's a higher emotional cost in that I have because of the attention that's asked for and the kind of attention that's asked for. Um, and I don't want to say that like, Oh, it's, so hard to work on comics festivals it is but it's like also a joyous endeavor but it sure is different than me doing sticky note thumbnails right like I, if i'm doing sticky note thumbnails this is something where i there's it's it's requiring a completely different skill set i can have the radio on you know I, I don't have to be processing how four people are responding to each other in a room right um same with teaching teaching has a higher emotional cost I am physically drained after teaching. Um, so it, yeah, it, it, it's there's a good something drain. about that. Yeah. What's the nature of the, of that effort in the, um, what is it like to perform it? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Oh, interesting. And then, like, more into... Well, I mean, it, it's it, it's an external problem-solving, right? Like, there's a problem-solving you're doing with a lot of external forces when you're teaching or when you're meeting with people, whereas when you're working on your own personal art projects, there's an internal problem-solving that's happening where you're really not having to manage any kind of, like, uh, other people throwing ideas at you. This is just you and the work in front of you. At least that's how it feels to me. Like, my, my comics work feels very introverted. Um. And, hmm. and, and I, I feel like I need to do that to recharge myself. Recharge? I don't know if I like that word. I feel refreshed after doing that work to go back and do the external extroverted work that I do as a director and as a teacher. That, that's the, like, one of the, one of the reasons why, like, wearing, wearing the more hats, it's like you are, there's something about some efforts, some places where you you know you perform you get things done and they it's like if you could do that well but if you only did that it's it's like not it's not as engaging it's not as much of it's not um it's not as fun to return to or like you're not learning as much or there's some kind of thing about the, like having a good mix of the different uh you know like interests and projects or what have you that um I do find that the right chain of different experiences, like this is, uh, it's, it's sustainable, interesting, engaging, feels worthwhile, right? Mm -hmm. Because like one way to simplify is just like, well, pick less, you know? Yeah. Silly. Like, yeah. Uh, but there, there's a practical reason to not, too. It's not just because, oh, this is interesting and philosophically fulfilling. It's also that like, well, I got multiple revenue streams now. I, I am not dependent on any one of these things. So um, right. I'm, I'm creating more resilience in my business by having multiple revenue streams. So that's a good point. Something that's really important. <laughs> Very, the, yeah, the, the business professional aspect of having it, uh, it's more viable to, yeah. to do that too. Um, so that goes to like how I, how, you know, do you want to talk about how we frame these up? Cause it sounds like you're doing a little bit of that with, you know, when you were talking about like evaluating the 24 hours to find out where the work hours are, mm -hmm. um, something that yeah, I do, how do you frame this? Yeah. I, well, I have a, I try to have, and I'm trying to get way more serious about this cause I've, I've dropped the ball very recently on like really being attentive to my calendar. But, um, I try to have a weekly self meeting and the weekly self meeting is usually about 30 minutes. And it's just like reviewing my ETP, my emergent task planner, which is a, you know, a graph composition notebook in which I write out, you know, um, a column of the hours of the day, a column of tasks that I hope to accomplish that day, and then I track it as it goes. And it's called emergent because new things emerge and they get added to the list and then they get added, you know, and I, and I even try to write in reflections on like, how long did this particular task take over this many days? So like, especially with comics pages, like if, if there's a comics page that takes more than a couple days, I'll track how many hours total when I'm doing my review and I'll write out a review of like, okay, this page took this many hours to complete, this task that th took this many hours to complete. So I have some kind of ongoing record of uh, how much things have been taking versus how much I hoped they would take. Because I also write next to the task, I'll put like a little estimate of, I think this is going to take me two hours. Oh, it took only three quarters of an hour. Hooray. And I put a little smiley face next to it. Um, 
And then, can I just, well, yeah. there's a lot of good data. You, so when you mention your approach to that, that journal, you're doing some data journaling. Mm. And it's, it's uh, so you, it's, there's data no matter what, you put words down, okay, there's data. And then, but like, what, how, like how discreet, how specific and um, simple is it to refer to and, and, you know, gain insight from. And this is where I think you've set yourself up to have a pretty efficient way to, to not just, um, hunch about the future you you've got real like a, a real well a record to reflect on and i think that is incredibly useful where it doesn't sound like it's unwieldy unreasonable um like overwrought in its in effort right it's it sounds you know pretty reasonable to to just do that kind of capturing and uh it, it, it does i think and yeah. as a result because of the structure of how you're capturing i'm hearing tons of ways that you can get um you could, you could just look back across a variety of categories and say, well, what, um, what, what areas, like, for instance, you could ask your, your, your data, this question of where am I good at estimating? Yeah. Based on what you just described. And I'm like, like, if, like, if you're, you could be just awesome at all categories, but I would guess that it's probably, there's probably a difference in, in the different categories. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think how interesting to, to have that as something to build from. So what a, anyway, like how your approach to using that, I, I think is just pretty cool. Oh, thanks. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, and I've got, like I said, like eight years worth of this data that was just really useful to go back to when like, so for instance, I'm in the middle of, um, begin or in the middle of, I just began a new comic project that's due by the end of the year. Oh, we're like five weeks out from the end of the year. Can I do it in five weeks? I know I can, even with the holidays, because I have an accurate record of this kind of project in years past, and I could quickly tabulate and go like, okay, that's going to take this many hours. How many hours do I have available in my schedule? Yep, it's it's totally doable. Uh, outside of me getting some kind of repetitive stress disorder in my arm or something, some unforeseen thing, I feel very confident I can pull this off, right? So there's that. But the other thing that I've, I've developed recently is I do a front of the week budget of time where I I chart out. Um, let me see. Do I have? A, I want. I don't want to obviously share my journals with anybody, but um, let's see if I've got one. A blank top of the week. Well, this one isn't. I'm not giving you too much away here. It's it's incomplete. But like I'll do a top of the week sort of overview of all of my tasks by color. So I've got my my podcasting, my teaching work. And then I've got two comics categories, both like personal and then comics I'm getting paid for, and then a personal mm -hmm. section, and then like my advocacy festival work. And I, I look at, okay, what needs to get done this week? And I, t I t write them all out underneath those little buckets. And then I do a quick overview estimate of like how many hours is, do I think this is going to cost? And then I'll do a breakdown at the bottom of the page of, okay, here's where all my hours are going, not to exceed 40. If I'm exceeding 40, something's got to go, you know? Um, so I'm trying to also, you know, be a husband, <laughs> have a family, you know? Um, mm -hmm. so then the next step is, so once I've got that budgeted, then I go through and I ask myself, which are the earth bending tasks and which are the air bending tasks and earth bending tasks obviously are appointments. So I'm trying to find another page where I sort of left it incomplete. So I'm not giving away, ah, here's one. So this is one where I didn't do the tracking that carefully, so I left a lot of things blank. But I've got my tasks by color code, and then on the side where the hours of the day are listed, I block out which are my earthbending tasks. Okay, so now I know that I've got these areas where I can put airbending tasks around them. 
right? These are my appointment commitments where I'm going to be doing this from this time to this time. And so these blank areas, now I can figure out, okay, I've got one, two, two and a half hours between these two appointments. What's a task that requires, that I can add medium spin up to do? Because two and a half hours is a pretty big block of time, right? So what can I, what from my list can I find that has medium spin up that I can put there? But if it's only like a half hour, okay, what can I do that has zero spin up time? Okay, I'm gonna get some sticky note thumbnails done. I can fit one in there, right? And again, it's not about like packing the boat to capacity. It's about finding places where the right task goes with where my mindset is gonna be in that moment. If I've only got a half hour between two appointments, I'm gonna have a lot of my mind between those two appointments. So I don't want to do something that like requires a lot of intellectual heavy lifting, something that's going to feel more physical and natural and something with less effort. Does that make sense? It makes a lot of sense. That's a really cool process because you're, you're, um, your process has a really great, um, grasp on, the, on time, the time dimension of capacity. Uh, because, and other, other aspects of capacity too, but, um, you know, but like, like using that, that cycle of doing, I, I have not been doing frequent, um, like look back and look ahead reflection, mm -hmm. uh, something I really like to do, but then, uh, it's, it was kind of like this, this, the bigger puzzle needs my time. That's where I invested in trying to like reconnect to strategy and stuff. But like what you're describing is, a, a way to look back, a way to look ahead, a way to then give a, you know, have a cost to the, you know, what you're, what you, what you want to have accomplished and then further set yourself to up to succeed with like, so knowing the, you know, the amount of effort tells part of the story and it's useful, but then saying like, well, what kind of effort it's not just for this project. It's what kind of effort for this project, characterizing it with the earth bending or the air is adding this little this this extra level of um well doing some problem solving ahead of the ahead of time like just enough problem solving to to have the future you who's putting the plan to use um set up to to not then all all of a sudden be like in the back to backs or whatever which we do that too right all of this isn't about perfectly predicting the future and never messing up and all that um, it's, it's an ongoing by doing some kind of thought process and documenting and stuff, you get to have a more robust dialogue with how's your business going, yeah. you know, that's where, so it's better to have something than nothing, even if it's wrong, right. Or, or had a lot of bumps or problems with it. Mm -hmm. So I, I really like that. And then of course, capturing along the way, how you then say, well, oh, I estimated this, this is actual. That's that's very your that's what let's a that's a treasure trove to to help with future reflection yeah yeah because then i get to go back and ask myself so like for instance dan mishkin and i had a very uh direct and heartfelt conversation about this amazon academy project we'd been working on and had largely halted and you know, we were asking ourselves some hard questions about why did it halt what happened and i looked back to my notes and i was like you know I told you when we started, these pages were going to take me three to four hours a piece to draw. They took me 15. Why did they take you 15? Let's look at what, pro what process I was using. 
to get to that, right? And, not, and suddenly I realized, yeah, I need to reevaluate the way I'm making the pages in order to be able to pick the pen up with this again. Um, so without that comparative analysis and like having that record to go by, right? Uh, it would have been, uh, that conversation would have taken longer. It would have been a lot more, a lot more digging would have been required. So. Right, exactly. So is it possible to still do that conversation? Yes, but it's harder because the digging becomes a project. So mm -hmm. then you would have to go back through and mine mm -hmm. uh, your experience to then say, oh, okay, this page, what do I remember? Look at my schedule and try to essentially um, do some archaeology on the project to mm -hmm. come up with useful data. Yep. Yep. And you just I, had it already. I, you know, we, we are both enthusiastic journalers when it comes to this kind of thing. And so maybe this feels effortless to us. I wouldn't say effortless though. I mean, I have to remember to take time to do these self meetings. And when I, and when I fail it, there's consequences. Um, like I'm not, I'm not infallible at this, but generally speaking, how long do you think this takes overall? Like I talk about having like a half hour self meeting and then maybe there's like maybe 10 minutes a day of actually recording the information. Maybe if I were to, if I were to guess at it. So for me, I haven't, I use, I did your style of capturing that much data a few years ago. Mm -hmm. And I, because because part of me is like I'm hearing your approach and whatnot and, I'm, and I remember doing this but but I haven't done it now for a few years. I do the planning aspect. I do the I do the strategy. I do the goals. I do, um, uh, like I do this general enough to you know help make progress thing. But I'm not doing that extra step. So I couldn't answer totally accurately about the extra step because the planning takes different amounts of time for me. Yeah depending on what I'm like, how hard of a problem problem I'm trying to dig in, dig into. Um, if I, now I'm doing some archeology span thinking about how did I, how long did it take me to come up with that, that time estimate? It probably was um, three, three hours ish. Right. So it was um, like a 20 minutes at my, um, at my dry erase board where I just sort of let, thoughts spill out as I sort of explored and characterized the problem. And I'm like, okay, flow of a day. And I, I started, you know, writing the schedule out and it's like, okay, I need to do a time inventory. What do I need to care about for this time inventory? So it doesn't take me that long. And then, then I went about, you know, making, you know, getting the data and I, I'm trying to be pessimistic on like, how long did it take? Cause that's a little bit of a ta tax to say like, well, don't, don't gloss over it. Um, so I'm going to guess a couple, two to three hours in the end. Right. So, because then actually, you know, setting up the, uh, you know, doing the project of, of listing what happens in the day that, that took a little, um, that took some effort, but because I do some journaling, so to do the some journaling, how long is it, how long does it take? Probably I would say between 10 to 40 minutes a day, it, depending on how, how, how I, where I let the journaling go. Okay. And I probably could also resume the process of doing estimating and the, the hour stuff. So I'd like to give myself some kind of trail, even though it's not as specific. I think I might've, 
um, somewhere, somewhere after my, my time at the digital agency where I was doing estimating all the time. And I had, I, I did, I would do, you know, data, uh, like tracking my hours and all that stuff to the very fine grain detail. And then when I didn't really need to do that, it slowly tapered off. Mm. That's why I'm guessing I stopped doing it. So for you, um, it doesn't seem, seems very sustainable. You've kept it going. I wonder, yeah. I wonder how, how the heck, why, like, why, why haven't you become tired well, of it? Well, it, it ebbs and flows. Um, I mean, and, like, like, okay. so when I get like really overwhelmed, like with like, like urgent, big earth bending things. So like during CXC this year, that weekend, I didn't do any journaling. I was just in the moment trying to make sure the thing happened. So like you look at my ETP on those days, they're all blank pages. Um, holidays, like I can assure you that tomorrow I'm not going to be doing any, any journaling, you know? So there's an ebb and flow to it, but there's a regularity in that. Yes. I've been consistently showing up and setting it up every week with the intention of filling it out. And some weeks I journal every day. Some weeks I only journal like four of the days, but at the very least I do that mapping out of the week and I block out all those times on the timeline. So should I need to refer to it in the moment with a lot of emergent tasks popping up, I can quickly get an assessment of, okay, what did I commit to today? You know, without having to look, 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 look at a calendar, look at my email. Oh my God, looking at my email. No, I'd rather much rather have it on a piece of paper in front of me. Um, and actually after our episode on note-taking, I was thinking about like, I wonder if I could do some more strategic work in OneNote, and that could be my yearly view. And then my ETPs would be my day to day. I'm playing around with that. Uh, results TV. That's really cool. I've, um, let's see, that's I'm trying to think of like, where is a natural, um, chapter in this, in this whole exploration? Because, um, I also think that's interesting too, is it, it doesn't cost that much to, to do this. It's just a matter of caring about it and, and visiting it regu regularly enough. We don't have to be perfect. Right. But then what are those things that are such I guess, honestly, enable like focus enabling tools that or uh, stress reduction tools, the, the connecting with the, the meaning and your prior planning of this stuff. And like you're, that's, that's what I'm hearing with what you're describing. Yeah. Um, now of course, it's, uh, it's out of arm's reach. Um, but like I have a visual of the categories that I use uh, and I have sticky notes of overall the 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 tasks that are top of mind to do for those different categories so um so to to essentially to make to market to merchandise to network to nurture and uh and to and to revisit the plan mm. yeah you're you're inspiring me to add a uh seventh category to my weekly planning um and really add like what am i marketing you know like a marketing bucket and allocating like an hour to two hours a week, somehow finding that, finding that time someplace to actually invest in, like, even if it's something as simple as going to Hootsuite and just like loading up some, you know, posts ahead of time. Um, if, if it's something as simple as that, but just putting some attention to thinking about what I'm making and how do I tell people about what I'm making? Mm -hmm. Um, what if we ended up, so we've got a couple things to cover. We've mm -hmm. got another ad spot. We've mm -hmm. got to remind about the two minute practice. Mm -hmm. um, 
what if we close on on sort of this this framing of another potential chapter to go into maybe we do a part two maybe you know it, soon maybe we take a while but like um but the idea of like just re revisit those those categories and and uh and think about in a way framing up what might be further exploration material mm. for this. Yeah. So, you know, like what are the, what are the, um, what are the right categories of tasks that, that we found that work for us? Um, and to, to help you know that, you know, are you, are you juggling the most important things or did you just pick up the, your favorite things? Yeah. I, I tell myself a lot. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Let's, 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 um, I think that's a great idea. Um, I like the idea of like ending like like with five minutes of a, a sort of a overview, not overview, but like a taste of what we could do in a part two. And I I really do think we should do a part two. I I feel I feel very excited about this topic. I feel like it's really timely. It's 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 hitting a time of the year where we're already thinking this way, uh, and we're hitting it early. That's, in I like that it's a more systemic thing about the goals because the goals, um, I think it's a constructive topic. I believe in it. I love it. And even have a workshop about it, but like, it doesn't tell the full story of if, cause in a way it, like we're talking about like, what's the, your systemic approach for, for bringing that stuff about. Yeah. Yep. Top of the year. We usually identify a whole bunch of different goals that we want to do. I think an interesting conversation to have ahead of time is thinking about building systems so that we can make these goals actually happen rather than simply saying, I'm just going to commit. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to wish hard and sit in that seat super hard this time. <laughs> I'm going to sit in that seat super hard. But, you know, okay, I'll save that for, the, for the, 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 the next part of the show. So we're going to take another break. And we're going to thank some other people who make the show possible. We'll come back in about like a minute and a half, two minutes. Uh, but like I said, we got to thank some people who make the show possible. And those people are us. We make the show possible. We, we work hard on lots of different kinds of things. And we, we bring that thinking into this project called Lean Into Art. And the thing that I hope you will check out that I make is a project called Four Million Years Later. Is it an archaeology project? No, it is not. It is a Transformers podcast where me and an old friend of mine uh, named Hoover, who I, with whom I've spent 25, 26 years now talking on the phone weekly about the Transformers, uh, finally decided to commit these conversations to uh, audio. And it's been a very interesting project in that it's I'm in rewatching the series in story order, and reflecting on it in a way to transmit my reflection to a general public, I have discovered all new ways of how I've uh, appreciated this cartoon series, which, was it a, car a commercial for toys? Yes, indeed it was. Was it a bunch of excited, enthusiastic adults who love science fiction and storytelling doing their level best to create something that's interesting as well as an advertisement? Yes, it is. And we talk about that weekly. We're on episode, episode 45 drops this week, so we're halfway through season two uh half actually halfway through no we're halfway through the series now um mm. so lots to dig through an hour and change per episode of me and my buddy doing a lot of story analysis of this uh children's show that we love so much and we bring our level best to it every week and i think it's it's a pretty it's i feel very strong that it, it, I, it's good story analysis so if you're just into like people picking apart story i think you'll find something like there four million years later dot com 
So quick reaction. It mm-hmm. is such an awesome storytelling analysis resource. It's um, the, the, the thoughtful, the thoughtful structure and the, and sort of all these, the, the details and observations that, that, that uh, really, you know, you're walking through it in such a flow that it feels like I'm guessing it seems like Hoover sets up that flow, but then all of a sudden along the way, there's so many um, like just storytelling nuggets, thinking about characters and relationships and a way of presenting character and framing storytelling as like, uh, like thoughtful, thoughtful um, components and efforts that you can, you can piece together and stuff Mm -hmm. like I, I can't tell you how many times I, I've I've just I've thought, holy crap, this is really this is helpful. Like I need to write this down and whatnot. So like if you know you write things, you're a writer, you care about stories, or or you're a visual storyteller, you, you gotta listen to this show. Oh, thanks, Rob. Uh yeah, we're 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 proud of it. So okay, what what would you like to share as far as something you make that you hope people will enjoy? Ah, well, I've got a couple things to mention about, well, my, my store. So if you go to robstenzinger.com and you can just click on store, the store link, or you can just go right to robstenzinger.com slash store.html. Um, I offer some of the things that we mentioned in this show, right? Because this is my, this is the, this is this, the laying out the parts of my portfolio career. I do creative process coaching, and that is about like advocating for um, getting through your own your own project blocks and the things that you're, you're designing your way through for where you want to go for the next thing that you, you cared about making. And also with your team. And if you're, if you're bringing in like user centered design and uh, thinking systemically about that, I've, this is a, this is something I'm well set up to, um, to help you bring in as a, as a real practice to integrate with all the different roles and stuff on your team to get more human centered. So um, my workshops I want to mention that uh, they they are cover a few different topics. I care a lot about setting you up to be creatively successful. And so, if you're doing that in a team situation um, and thinking about your audience, well, drawing user journey maps is a really useful tool to uh, bring t- together um, all these different voices and ways of looking at a project to solve problems along a, f- a, s- a flow, a story, a progression of. Of, of from some, the point of view of someone in your audience of you know discovering and meeting the thing you make and and what happens as they get to start you know bringing that into their life and where th- where do things go next and it's a really useful process that I've 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 used on a ton of different projects and this is this is my voice on on like a good overview of how do you how do you do that so go ahead and you can um, I'll I'll just highlight that workshop. But then mention that um, the workshops I provide are, are available on Skillshare and Gumroad. Well, uh, guess what? It's that time of year where lots of stuff goes on sale. I put a special discount in, in for my Gumroad workshops and actually everything in my Gumroad store for 80% off. Okay. Mm. So if you use the offer code, Rob said 80, there you go. That'll get you the the a huge eighty percent discount on the stuff in my store, like wow. the workshop drawing user journey maps. Uh, it's also available on Skillshare. Skillshare is great, but then you don't have it portable and you know carry it with you and, uh, on your own. Um, this way, you've got your own copy of any workshop that I have in my Gumroad store. One other thing, the classic, the the my my uh, my 
workshops that have been around a while, they're get they're they're going to go in the vault mm. soon. So the workshops that I, I currently offer as pay what you would like, all of them going in the vault, not just because yeah, I just want your money, but because it's time for them to go back into the hopper of product development and they're still useful. People like them and, and get them and whatnot. And I appreciate that, but it's, it's just time. So all the old workshops, like, um, like, uh, turning video game from video game, um, uh, sorry, mm -hmm. comics into video games, um, turning, uh, jokes into comics and also, um, uh, the using storytelling to design user experience, all of them poof going away in just a few days. So go ahead and check out my Gumroad store and remember, remember the offer code, uh, Rob said 80. Rob said 80. Um, yeah, you know, this is something that I think about like Ann and I, when we're trying to figure out holiday gifts for people, we're trying to find more gifts that are either consumable or don't take up space, don't require freight shipping. You know, th these are the kinds of tension points we're trying to navigate in a pandemic. And I feel like digital products are a super awesome solution to that problem. So like a, a number of the people that I'm, I'm, buying holiday gifts for are getting digital products this year. So I would uh, emphasize to everybody, please go do consider uh, doing that with your family and friends, especially visual storytellers in your life and check out Rob's store. And Rob said 80. Um, the last thing that I hope you will check out is the Lena Tart Discord. Yes, we have a Discord now. We have a forum, and it's a place where you can hang out and talk in a time-shifted way where your conversation is not tethered to the video that you're watching right now, if you're watching the video. Um, you know, you can have take the conversation in all sorts of different directions with the three public channels. We've got three channels for people, people who support us on Patreon. Uh, the invite link is in the show notes for this episode and every episode. And we thanks to, everybody, thanks to everybody who's been hanging out in the Lena Tart Discord and sharing. Uh, it's been awesome to get to know you more there. So, all right. Um, do you want to do reminder about two-minute practice, then close with a thought about what mm -hmm. we, we might do in the next episode? I like I like your the way you're rolling there. Let's okay. do that. <laughs> okay. So, two-minute practice. Let's remind people what two-minute practice is, and I'll pull it up on screen because it's actually another microcast based on the Lean to mm -hmm. cast, right? Yeah, it's a it's a podcast that we make as a special um, set aside thing. If you go to leanintoart.com slash two minute practice or just search for two minute practice in your favorite podcatcher, you will get this series of uh, both setting our, ourselves up to try a thing and explore it two minutes at a time. But then we reflect on it and we pick a new thing to try. So there's uh, what 27, 28 episodes of it now, and each of them is a, it's a microcast. It's not a, it's not the, the 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 big exploration that the Lean Into Art cast is. So it's it's easier, um, good for shorter commutes or chores that don't take you as long to listen to us um, discuss the, the the value of open to try new things because it's make, we're making it inexpensive to try new things. And. Yeah. Um, and, and what, then what's that like? And what's it like to, to practice what we're talking about? So what are we currently in the midst of practicing? We tend to alternate between a couple of different disciplines or sort of areas of practice where some, some of them are drawing, some are um, more physical. Like we did one recently where we were doing some stretches. Uh, then we've got uh, an area that we explore about noise making and music. 
Um, and so this this time it's characterize spending two minutes characterizing the quality of your day by making sounds on some kind of musical instrument, uh, whether it's a virtual instrument like in something like a garage band, or if you have an instrument in your home, it's a way for you to get like some contact with it again if you haven't had as much time as you'd like to make music in your life. Um, but yeah, practice just two minutes at a go. Just think about your day. See if you can make some notes that correspond to how that felt. Was it a kind of smash the piano with your hands day? <laughs> Was it more melodic day, you know? <laughs> uh, I'm having fun with this one. I'm looking uh, are you really reflecting at it? Okay. Uh -huh. Yeah. Oh, good. Um, cool. Well, then we'll we'll check in next episode to see how how it went for the two of us, um, and then we'll become a micro, another episode of the microcast. So, okay. Super fun. What are you thinking about talking about for framing up what we could potentially where we could go next with this discussion on? Um, finding the time for all this stuff. So in a way, your strategy helps you act on your goals. And there's a system, like I like that we're bringing that word in here to sort of what things do you need to work on? There are probably different kinds of things. There's, there's probably looking at them as far as the kind of thing related to the, uh, what the effort feels like, you know, the, the whole, the airbending metaphor of, uh, is it an earthbending task or an airbending task? Um, but then there's the kind as far as the outcomes that that kind of task brings about as far as getting you, you know, further along on your, in your making your strategy into something real. So, um, you know, like I think we'll, we have different framings of that. Um, I, and, uh, and we can, I think we can do a whole episode diving into this, but I do wanted to, uh, I do want to like re-mention the, the framing that, I, that I'm using and, and I would love to hear like, what's a framing of, of how, like, how do you act on your strategy and, and, uh, and like, mm, know what, when kind of stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. So the making the right things happen. So, um, I, I mentioned this thing with being out of, out of reach and I snuck, uh, while Jersey was doing the 4 million years later <laughs> ad. Um, so this, I, I have a series of, so I have, I have make, I have market and merchandise and network and strategy. Mm. And so then there's rows of sticky notes and I did this not as a, um, I do a lot of digital note taking and reference and stuff. This just sort of is this broadcasting visual of just that I, that I see all the time in my office. Um, that is, it's, it's, it's my map. I, I get to look at it and I, I, I get to see, am I doing a mix or am I getting stuck in making only, right? Mm -hmm, I need mm -hmm. to trust and play the long game that, you know, like both the short game and the long game, kind of like what you described with timeframes of your effort. Mm -hmm. um, and because I care about that, I want to see, you know, projects meet bigger audiences. I need to work on the marketing. I need to work on the merchandising. And in a nutshell, the marketing, uh, I think of it as um, the, 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 the effort of packaging the beliefs and messages and the value of, of, of what you're making and getting that out to the world so they can come, you know, potentially benefit from what you're, what you've made, your products, your services. And, uh, and the merchandising is something I know I'm, I'm, I'm working to get better at, which, um, 
things just in continual improvements, doing just a little bit, it has an effect over time. So like I really, sometimes I look at my website and I think, oh, I've got to really dig in and redo this thing. But honestly, it's actually good to just remove a little bit of friction, simplify things a little bit over time. And, and uh, so keep up the merchandising. It doesn't have to be a, you know, solve every problem all at once. Uh, but, but make sure I'm mixing it up. That's, that's the point of the, um, the, the, the tactics of acting on the strategy is knowing, I know that part of what makes the strategy strong is the variety of stuff I need to do and make sure I tend to the variety. So, mm. yeah, no, that's good. What are your, what are your thoughts on that? Um, well, I mean, yeah, that's, that's something talking about introducing, like I said, the marketing is, um, you lit a light bulb over my head and made me realize that I have been sort of doing it um, indescript. What am I saying? I have been doing it here and there, but without any discernment. I haven't been using discernment to figure out how to, like, be, I haven't been tactical and strategic with my marketing and letting the world know about what I can do. Um, so that's something that I want to do. And, and then I, and then I'm also like another layer to this that I think would be fun to dig into in a little bit more deeply is thinking about where you put things on the schedule that are underway, you know, um, what are the next commitments and how do you schedule those into there? Um, and things that are like, how do you keep an eye on things that are down the road months from now? Right. It, I, I don't know how applicable that is to everybody, uh, like, but I, I think a lot of people who work in, um, like, speaking from, you know, my own constituency of people who make comics, it's something that takes a long time to do. Like, even a mini-comic can take you as long as a week to do. And then while you're do working on the mini-comic that week, it's like, well, what are you going to do after that? Right? What's the next thing after that that you're going to do? Um, so I think, like, sort of like the the laser focus and the wide focus is something that I, I would like to dig into a little bit and how we bucket and, and budget these things based on those two focuses. I like it. There's, yeah, I think there's more to dig into here. Um, I think so and, and I think it's helpful to even mention it where it's, it's sort of um, just by sharing that and saying, Hey, here's, this is kind of funny, like, it, like teasing up a topic in the way that we just did. It's an invitation. So, I guarantee folks listening to this have, you know, you have some way of, of navigating these problems in, you know, whether you, you had these labels or not, like what, um, how, how does that, like, how does it work for you? Like uh, getting the right mix of, of things, uh, having the strategy and the tactics and, and what, what's it, yeah. What does it look like for you? And it'd be neat to hear about it in the um, lean into art discord. Yeah, join us in the Lean Into Art Discord and comment uh, with the LIA336 ahead uh, of, you don't have to use the hashtag because hashtags actually uh, coordinate with channels in Discord. But just use Leah336 in your comments so we know that which one you're talking about in the uh, comments channel, which is open to the public if you follow the invitation link that's in the show notes for this episode. And we'd be glad to talk with you about, you know, what you what friction points you've found, what workarounds you've found, what approaches work for you, and then we can bring that into the discussion in a part two for this one. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Well, well, 
I think we did it. I think we did a podcast. Uh, thank you, mm-hmm. Rob, for this discussion, for this topic. This is a good one. Um, and happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. Well, happy Thanksgiving, and thank you so much. Certainly grateful for this project. And, Same. Uh, and the folks that, that, that come to, to come to this community. It's uh, yeah, very wonderful. All right, well, we record this show usually on Thursdays at uh, noon Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Central. We stream it live on platforms everywhere. Uh, you can watch it live. If you, if you want to be platform agnostic and you don't want to, like, I don't want to watch it on YouTube. I don't want to give them my information. I don't want to watch it on Facebook. Uh, you can also just watch it at leanintoart.com slash live, and that has, like, an embedded player, so you can watch it there. Um, and uh, until next time, everybody, I have been Jersey Drozd of leanintoart.com and Jersey Drozd on Instagram. And I've been Rob Stenzinger, also of leanintoart.com, and I, I'm all over the place on the inter- internet, like Instagram is Rob Stenzinger. <laughs> okay, bye. Show notes for this episode can be found at leanintoart.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at the user leanintoart. And you can reach us via email at leanintoart at gmail.com. And remember, leaners aren't wieners. Thanks for listening.